Welcome to episode 48 with Bianca Tavella, founder of Fair Shot Cafe, a startup social enterprise based in the UK, more specifically in West London. Before you get into the show, I want to say a massive thank you to you all for listening to Purposely. I'm really loving bringing these inspirational people to you. If you haven't already, do not hesitate to hit subscribe. And if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review, you can rate the show, or even leave your thoughts. And why is this so important? Well, it helps us to grow our audience. Enjoy the show. Been holding me back with my age, but I just decided to, that was just a silly fear aspect. So I quit my job and I started working in a cafe um, just to get Wonder House um, experience. And in the meantime, I was working on my business plan. Purposely Podcast, speaking with social entrepreneurs and charity founders and leaders, people who are making the world a better place. Here's your host, Mark Longbottom. Welcome, Bianca. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Thank you, and thanks for joining me on Purposely. You are the founder Thank of you. Fair Shot Cafe, a social enterprise. What is their vision and mission? Yeah. So uh, Fast Shot Cafe is basically a unique social enterprise cafe. Um, the whole concept behind that is that we want to train up people, young adults with learning disabilities, but basically just give them an opportunity at um, gaining employability skills to then be have a bit more of a competitive advantage when they look for mainstream employment. Um, but our main kind of mission is that we really will just want to change the way that people think about learning people with learning disabilities in the workplace and um, that it truly is possible for them to get a job and keep a job contrary to other people's opinion you talk yeah. about 93 percent of adults with learning dis- disabilities are unemployed which is phenomenal yeah it's insane people always think that i'm i'm have i'm making a mistake when i say that even when i send them documents with that they kind of send it back being like are you sure this is right i'm like yeah um, but the stat that's kind of linked into that is that 80% um, that are lucky enough to enter mainstream employment either quit or get fired within two months. On the one hand, there's obviously not enough, I mean, the world is doing to create the opportunities. But on the other hand, we're not doing um, as much to support the employers as we should. Basically, quite a lot has changed in the last year. So back a year ago, uh, March 2020, I'd raised um, 350k. Um, 150 of that was uh, raised by a private donation. And um, 200 was basically uh, from a um, a hospitality sponsor. Um, They were meant to be our partner. But essentially, in June, they had to drop out um, because obviously COVID hit and um, it had a lot of economic um, consequences for them. So they dropped out, which left us back at 150. Um, And essentially with that, um, it just meant that we regained 100% of our company back. Um, So the last year is I've just been focusing on trying to raise as much money as I can. Um, And now we are at, how much? We basically raised 110K um, in this past year. Um, which I'm extremely proud of, especially COVID. And, and I think 
everyone's just in a trickier position um, after, after everything that's happened. So I'm very proud of that. We still have around 30K to raise, but essentially this 300K will, um, will it's, it's for our startup costs, but it also um, encompasses all of our uh, fixed costs for the first year, um, which is kind of just the main focus. So we would break even on month nine um so it basically keeps us quite robust for the first year and then hopefully by the second year we'd be commercially viable as intended by our business model mm. and so you're full planning mode sourcing a venue you said it was yeah. with london um yeah choosing the team developing the training ma- manuals which you've already trialed um so but yeah. yeah so i bet not um not much spare time just fully going for it <laughs> Uh, fully going for it, but it's still kind of. I still kind of feel like it's the calm before the storm. Um, I'm trying to decide which unit would work best for um, fair shot, and uh, even if it's busy now, I'm sure things are going to massively pick up in a bit, which is very exciting. And I feel like I've been waiting my whole life for it, so I'm pretty ready for it. But for now, things aren't too busy just because I've been planning for three years now, so I'd say I was a bit ahead of the game. And who came up with the name, which I love. Uh, I did. So before it was meant to be uh, Friends for Friends um, Cafe, just because that was the name of the support group from my parish. And it just meant a lot to me and them. Um, and then I just think Bashaw sounds a bit more commercial commercial uh, without making it sound outright like a charity or like we're doing something um, behind that. Um, and you can just use it in so many ways. You can, I mean, I always use the phrase, you give them a fair shot at life and it's it's true. And it means something much more than um the name itself yeah essentially fast shot is i don't just want it to be kind of a unique thing i would like for people to see our employees our unique employability model and um know that they can replicate it elsewhere um but essentially it's just focusing on five um key aspects so it's the um the coffee side of things and there's food prep there's working on the till um customer service and food hygiene um and that sounds like a lot but actually when you're at a cafe there's so many different tasks that you do on a daily basis and a year of that um builds all of these skills quite naturally for them um the way that's worked best for us which is what i employ our models based on is that um someone makes a, an order of coffee only one person's on shots one person is on the milk one person's pouring the milk into the cup and then that person then gives the cup of coffee to the customer it's kind of you just want one repetitive task yeah, um, yeah. Uh-huh. day after day and it really kind of they they flourish in this um and especially i was i was working with this one student and she was so shy and she just started so considering most of the students are in september she started um she started four weeks ago and um, she came in on the day that we were selling to the students and the staff and we we used this exact method so we were like okay Jessica you're going to be doing shots the first one she was a bit slow the second one she still had questions by the fifth from the fifth to the 15th shot she was flying Um, and if you see Jessica and you speak to her you would never even assume just because of all of our stereotypes that she would be able to do that and it's just creating a model that we can adapt to them instead of them having adapt to us. And it's really just tiny adaptations that that really helps them have a future, essentially. 
Yeah, because I think employment, you know, leads to dignity, right? And it leads to benefit, you know, like yeah. whole life trans- being transformed. And so you've seen Jessica's confidence increase as well from that? Oh, my God. Yeah, so her communication abilities aren't that great. Um, but even just with that, so she's she's quite, she's got quite a soft um, voice. And as soon as she kind of finished um, this shift, uh, she was like, just still kind of whispering in her own little voice, but she was really going up to other trainees to speak at what, what, about what she had done. She was just so proud of herself that she wanted to show off. And that does something to your confidence that doesn't just last for 10 minutes, you know, that lasts for a lifetime. Um, and then she's going to keep building on that more and more. Um, and it's just amazing to see, because at the end of the day, like we all are the way that we are because someone believed in us. And I think for them, a lot of people struggle believing in them and they want to help them as much as possible, but all they really need is some help and support. And just that 15 minutes for Jessica, honestly, was life-changing. And it's not even an exaggeration to say that. What personal experience did you have? that led you to, to yeah. um, want to start Fairchild? So I grew up part of this um, parish community, basically as part of my church, which is why a lot of my um, focus is on community, because I was lucky enough to grow up part of the community outside of my family. Um, and basically we had a priest that did um, sign language to all of our songs, and that attracted a lot of people with different um, types of gifts and abilities um so yeah so I was about four years old and I grew up with them and I ended up becoming really good friends with them and it got to I got to 18 and I was applying for uni and then that's kind of when you start realizing that there's a huge um gap between the opportunities offered to us and offered to them and it shouldn't really be this us be them concept it should really be um that we all can do what we want to do essentially um so one day I was speaking to my friend Zach um we were having a picnic and he said oh my dream is to um start a restaurant just that's fully cheese based and I just laughed because he's obsessed with cheese um but then it's just the first time that it really got me thinking like what is out there for Zach and there just really isn't as much out there as you'd think and it's so easy to separate yourself from their needs because you don't really have to worry about something that's got nothing to do with you but that that just shouldn't be the case and um yeah just so much more is needed um to really level the playing field for them you're in your 20s who backed you or gave you the confidence to do this um essentially just my family I think uh I think I got to a point when I was 24 um and I was just a bit the whole only thing holding me back was my age I just felt a little bit young and I didn't really think people were going to take me seriously but then I had the confidence that my parents had built in me um, from a very young age. And it was sort of kind of my, my foundation. And basically, I just know that no matter what happens, even if this miserably fails, at least I know that I've tried. And at least I know that I've got my family to fall back on. Um, and I think that that makes me more fortunate than most people. It's just I have this um, just, yeah so much love but it's just never going to end and I can I'm never going to feel judged by them so I just feel like I, I might as well try and do everything um that I can and at least and I can that, be proud of myself with that too yeah and and have you always drawn on your family and to, to give to give you confidence and other things you've done in your life yeah I'd say so I'd say even kind of I always took exams quite seriously and, and school as well and 
um, they never really cared about my grades because that wasn't really something important to them. So in a way that made me fight even harder um, because it was more for myself. Um, and I think, I think just the lack of just judgment, I think that's so important just from family. And I have two brothers as well. And it's just, you just really want to keep building each other up. And that's what we've always really done without focusing too much on our achievements or our failures either. And do you feel Italian? What does the Italian English life um, upbringing look like? Um, Yeah, I do really feel Italian. So my parents are very, uh, obviously, they're both Italian, but we're still very Italian household in terms of what we eat and we speak Italian at home um, all day. And it's hard because you kind of grow up in this kind of Italian English lifestyle, but you never really feel English just because your friends are English. But then it's hard for people to understand because obviously I sound very English and I kind of seem English in my ways. But as soon as I go to Italy, I just feel like a completely different person. Um, so hopefully I can take fair shot there one day um, and it could be a reason for me to go back. Yeah, take coffee back to the, back to the Italian. Um, the roots, what, yeah. What, what, do you know what, what is fair shot in Italian? Oh, God. Uh... I don't even know how to say shot. Igual, I wouldn't even know. Iguaglianza. I'd probably say like caffè per l'iguaglianza, I'd say. Love that. Yeah, it's a good idea. I need to look that up. (laughs) Because this is replicable by training people and them going off and being baristas elsewhere or working in cafe, Mm -hmm. cafe, so that that's probably going to be the the gold of this project well, there'll be a, a great cafe you're opening in um in west london yeah west london the location mm. isn't confirmed yet but yeah essentially fashion is i don't just want it to be kind of a unique thing i would like for people to see our employees our unique employability model and um know that they can replicate it elsewhere um but essentially it's just focusing on five um key aspects so it's the um the coffee side of things then there's food prep there's working on the till um customer service and food hygiene um and that sounds like a lot but actually when you're at a cafe there's so many different tasks that you do on a daily basis and a year of that um builds all of these skills quite naturally for them um the way that's worked best for us which is what i employ our models based on is that um someone makes a, an order of coffee only one person's on shots one person is on the milk one person's pouring the milk into the cup and then that person then gives the cup of coffee to the customer yeah so I really do believe that they are not only capable but they really do bring a competitive advantage to the workplace um, and it's just not to generalize but they do have some traits that just kind of stand out from mainstream people um, and just in terms of their precision um, their positivity, um, their commitment, their wanting to work, um, in most cases their confidence. Um, they, it's just something that comes so naturally to them to, to be so kind and um, welcoming to people. That's something that for me personally, I do kind of have to switch that on when I have to work in a cafe. But for them, it just comes so naturally. Um, and if you tell them to do something, they will do it at the best of their ability and they will be so precise that you've literally never seen anything made in that way um 
and something that I always say is that I mean me personally I don't know if anyone else is like that but as soon as I've done something 10 or 15 times I will try my best to cut corners um to to get to just basically just finish as soon as I can and that's just a thought that would just never even cross their mind um and I think that leads to a precision that just no one else has anywhere if if not with them and then that aside it's kind of just the magic behind these people honestly it's just life-changing my friends are in commercial uh my boyfriend's also a lawyer so that's a stark contrast between us um and I think they always kind of say oh it's amazing we're so proud of you um but at the end of the day I think people our age are more focused on um kind of buying a house and and all of that so it does kind of feel like I'm I've been left behind everyone's already talking about their salaries and I haven't had a salary for the past two years um but then on the other side I'm so lucky because I get to live at home so I don't have to pay rent so um yeah so I feel kind of very lucky on the one hand and on the other hand it's kind of like you can't stop but compare yourself to your friends and your peers um at their life kind of progressing but at the end of the day I know that I'd be happier doing something like this where there's a bit more meaning to what I'm doing um I don't think I could ever see myself in an office where someone gets angry at me for not doing something that actually doesn't matter to any human being or life um I'm thinking more in the long term is as soon as I decided I wanted to do this I um I got offered a job in uh, some hospitality openings so I decided to do that um, just to see, kind of test myself of how much I wanted to do it. And then as soon as um, I finished that, so I had four years of, um, no, one year of four different hospitality openings under my belt, I realized I still didn't know how to make coffee. So that's when I went to work in a cafe and uh, that's when I started my business plan. Um, and it all really started from there. So I feel like now I've actually got the skills needed to make this a success. Um, fingers crossed <laughs> and can do you drink coffee and can you make it uh so I actually like coffee uh, which people are always shocked by um especially because I'm Italian so I'm not I just I yeah not a big fan but I can make it so I was um, a barista for a, just over a year um and now I've been training so we started a training program in September <clears throat> because COVID delayed our opening so I started training 40 students uh, to make coffees um, and yeah I can say that most of them can already make them better than than myself. What is the key to making great coffee can you describe the, the, the sort of is it the I heard something about cold milk uh, all about cold attention milk. to detail yeah utilizing cold milk as a starting point but I could be wrong on that um, but oh. yeah any, any tips oh, yeah. for our listeners? Uh, well, I think just consistency is key and that's why they're so good at it is because you show them one way of doing it and they keep doing the exact same just instructions, the exact same kind of measurements of the milk, um, the exact same amount of the ground coffee and that leads to a perfect cup of coffee every time. Um, and that's exactly what a customer wants is they want to go to a cafe and know exactly what they're going to get. Whereas me personally, when someone was coming into the cafe or I was working at, um, my coffees were all over the place uh so yeah I think sometimes it's just consistency just in terms of the the grams 
that you're using for the ground coffee, but also the same temperature milk, the same amount of milk that you pour in, um, how much you warm it up. I mean, I actually got COVID um, right after my fundraising event in March, and it hit me really quite hard. I'm still quite suffering with it, crazy, like a year on, which is quite crazy. Yeah. But weirdly enough, yeah, it hit me. Obviously, mentally, it was challenging staying at home, but I really just did have a faith that it was going to happen either way. And I think the whole thing about Fairshot is that it has kind of happened organically. Um, obviously, I've worked really hard in it and at every day, and I have given up kind of my young years to do that. But um, I just feel like when something's meant to happen, it will happen. And the, the opportunities that are coming out of Fairshot and people's interest and support and wanting to help, like, it's just happening quite naturally. So um, I always had this face and, and my gut feeling was always quite positive, despite suffering quite badly this year. Um, yeah, I'm a big believer in following my gut and this is what it's telling me to do. So I hope it's right in the end. Mm. And did you find... So long, so a kind of formal long COVID yeah. with symptoms going on for quite a long time. Yeah, I have experienced long COVID, um, which quite now it's actually quite nice to talk about because there's actually a name to it. Um, yeah. But at the beginning, I was just kind of following. It's just hard because I was one of the first people to get sick. So I feel like I'm basically ahead of everyone. As soon as they get a symptom, I've already had it. Um, but essentially, long COVID is every month you get a new set of symptoms. Um, one day you're up, the next day you're down. Yeah, so I'm massively into reading and podcasts. Um, and so it's not really one person. I love listening to Desert Island Gifts or um, even Oprah's uh, podcast, which I've just forgotten the name of. Um, and just random interviews with, um, with authors. And a huge author that's impacted me has been Malcolm Gladwell. Um, I just think that everything that he writes is, is just mesmerizing. And I think he dives deeper into everything, even just the most simplest things. You start thinking of them in such a different way. And I think it's actually just quite motivating um, the way that he writes and how he writes about um, all these different types of things. And he just makes business so um, simple and relatable. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much, Mark. It was lovely to speak with you. Thanks for listening to Purposely Podcast. I hope you like what you're hearing. Please subscribe and leave a review. Welcome to episode 48 with Bianca Tavella, founder of Fairshot Cafe, a startup social enterprise based in the UK, more specifically in West London. Before you get into the show, I want to say a massive thank you to you all for listening to Purposely. I'm really loving bringing these inspirational people to you. If you haven't already, do not hesitate to hit subscribe. And if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review, you can rate the show, or even leave your thoughts. And why is this so important? Well, it helps us to grow our audience. Enjoy the show.